It's, it's Gentleman Jack. Jack. Crack, crack. Cue that fucking jaunty music. Nineteenth century groveling, groveling, groveling. Good lord. So the next entry of note for me is on August first, and its interaction with Miss Pickford. So in the entries preceding this one, Anne has written a number of times about talking to Miss Pickford about this other woman, Miss Threffle, and trying to suss out what that is. What do you guys do together? And you know how Anne is with her multiple meetings and several yes. meetings and trying to get in and that. Mm-hmm. Because she's really trying to figure this out. And she's like, this, this can't possibly be another queer, someone like me. But also, I, I think it has to be another queer. What do I do? <laughs> so this entry has a number of things, but namely, it seems to be Miss Pickford calling bullshit on N not being queer. Right. That she is trying to suss out because she's obviously figured out there's another queer woman in the world. And she's like, oh, my God, what? I'm not the only enigma. I think and I invented then, the gay dog. <laughs> right. So this entry is just... The evolution of their conversation after Anne has sussed out that she's likely a queer and now she's curious about Miss Pickford's own gaydar and whether or not she can suss it out and starts asking all these damn questions. And eventually Miss Pickford is like, I don't know of, of the people I've heard about. I don't know if I've heard rumors. I don't know if I've heard anything. But if I heard anything, it was about Mariana. <laughs> and so Anne is like, wait, what the fuck? And so, yeah, that's what this entry is. And so on the first, she writes eventually in her entry. Our subject, both driving and walking, was Miss Threffle. I said I knew she could not have made the confession if she had not supposed I understood the thing thoroughly. She answered, no, certainly. I dilated on my knowing it from reading and speculation, but nothing further. She was mistaken. No, no, said she. It is not all theory. End quote. I told her her influence was natural enough, but not correct. Asked if she had heard any reports about me. I said I had only two very particular friends. Miss Norcliffe was out of the question from her manners, habit, etc. And the other M was married, which, of course, contradicted the thing altogether. Wait, wait, wait. What? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. Asked her which of them, of whom the report could be circulated. And at last, she said it was M. I said I knew the report and should not have cared about it, had it not annoyed M. For my own part, I denied it, though. Miss Pigford might not believe me. Yet, in fact, I had no objection to her doubting me, for had I had the inclination for such a thing, I should have pleased myself by trying, and could I have succeeded, I should have thought myself very clever and ingenious in that I must be very agreeable, but I must say, really, Miss Pigford, it seemed could make herself more agreeable than I could. I wished I had her secret. I dwelt a good deal on having no opportunity and the froggishness of my blood. She told me, I said, a great many things she did not at all believe. <laughs> Whether she credits my denial of all practical knowledge, I cannot yet make out. However, I told her I admired the conduct of her confession and liked her 10,000 times more for having told me. She was the character I had long wished to meet to clear up my doubts whether such a one really existed nowadays. Said she was very agreeable. I just felt towards her as if she were a gentleman and treated her as such. This seemed to suit very well. Okay. <laughs> it's a long entry, but it's it's packed. Yeah, because I'm over here debating what, if I have to take it as a compliment, and Lister means by calling this Pickford gentlemanly. So Like her. If I, if I had to, me reading into it means like her. Okay. So then, yeah. Charming. They're both shooting the flirty, stuff. Yeah. Complimentary. Right. But they don't have to take it seriously because they, I guess. Well, I would say all flirts are half serious. So. 
Whether or not follow through happens, isn't a flirt always partially serious or are you lying entirely? Because unless you're just a profuse liar, a flirt is an observation of fact. If you look at someone and say, you look good or I really love what you're wearing or wow, those eyes or, you know, I just love dimples. Whatever the fuck it is you're saying, it's fact with a bit of intent. Whether or not your intent fully follows through, that's the potential half-lie, but I say all good flirts are telling a bit of the truth. Maybe they're just lying about you following through on things, but you know, you gotta start somewhere. And it sounds like Miss Pigford has more game than Ann Lister, which right. considering how much game Ann Lister has, for her to be in the wild to spot a queer, she's like, no, 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 it can't be a queer. Then she's like, oh my God, it's a queer. Wait, <laughs> does she know I'm a queer? Does she know I'm a queer? It's impossible, let me ask some questions. Hey, so, um. I don't know, like, if you've ever heard rumors about, like, I don't know, just closeness with women. I mean, not that there should be any rumors, but just in, just in case you've heard something. Do, do you think you, I mean, who would have, who might, if you've heard the rumor about, you know, could possibly be Isabella or anything. Maybe Mariana, but she's married. She's married. And what kind of decent person would sleep with a married woman? And here uh-huh. go Miss Pickford, like, well, actually, it, is, it was Mariana that I heard about. She's like, ah, what? Oh. I'm shocked. I tell you, look, I don't know where I do know that this is out there circulating. And honestly, I wouldn't care at all because it's so absurd. But it bothers poor, poor M, poor Mariana. So I have to tell you that this is all a lie, Miss Pickford. It is a lie. It is propaganda. Gosh, I am so straight. You have no idea. <laughs> I just feel like Miss Pickford in the, in the corner like, mm-hmm. OK, boo. Oh, it's, it's all fiction. You and Mariana just friends. OK, sure. But I love how Anna's like, I don't think she believed my ass. <laughs> right. She's like, I said all this shit, but I really don't know if this bitch believe in me. It's something about the way her eyes are shifting. But I it still like her like bullshit. <laughs> right. How could she not? It's another queer in the wild who evidently has more game. So she could learn a thing or two. And she says, she's like, I wish, I mean, I, I really feel like she got the extra what? If I could just put now that wait, on. if you could get to Miss Pickford's stable, I don't even know if you would even know how to act. And see, that's the problem. Yeah, that's I don't think the she problem. Would know how to act. That's, I'm sure Miss Pickford was like, "Man, I wish she was ready for this. Like, I could just explode." She could have been Anne's gay world. mentor, right? <laughs> I would just love for Anne to have a, a queer mentor because that would be awesome. And she'd be like, "What do you? What are you writing now?" Ah. Uh-uh. <laughs> so on the 5th I have to say I laughed so fucking hard the first time I, I read this through because I just feel like she is out here trying to convince Miss Pigford of what girl convincing yourself because this is a this is a doomed mission and so mid-entry in code she writes about while she's um, hanging out with Miss Pigford again our chief conversation about Miss Threfall I said I considered her connection with her friend a marriage of souls and something more that if they were on a visit and their friend provided them separate rooms it would be unnecessary and they would presently defeat this arrangement by being together. Under other circumstances, it would have been a wonder that, with beauty, fortune, etc., Miss Threfall did not marry, but now it was no wonder at all. Asked Miss Pickford if she now understood me thoroughly. She said yes. I said many would censor unqualifiedly, but I did not. If it had been done from my books and not from nature, the thing would have been different. Or if there had been any inconsistency, first on one side of the question or the other, but, as it was, nature was the guide and I had nothing to say. There was no parallel between a case like this and the sick satire of Juvenal. The one was artificial and inconsistent. The other was the effect of nature and always consistent with itself. Quote, at all events, said I, you remember an early chapter of Genesis and it is infinitely better than the thing alluded to there, meaning onanism. This is surely comparatively unpardonable. There is no mutual affection to excuse it. End quote. Miss Pickford did not say much but seemed satisfied. Now, said I, the difference between you and me is mine is theory, yours is practice. Oh. <laughs> ah! 
I can't deal with you, Ed Lister. I can't deal with you. You could have left that last part out. And and y'all was having a good and y'all was having a convo. But this is let me continue. Right. So she's like, bitch. Um. Difference is, mine is theory, yours is practice. You in the wild, I'm in my training wheels, girl. I don't know what to do with a woman. <laughs> Lies. Uh. And she, <laughs> she continues, I am taught by books, you by nature. I am very warm in friendship, perhaps few or none more so. My manners might mislead you, but I don't in reality. Go beyond the utmost verge of friendship. Here my feelings stop. If they did not, you see from my whole manner and sentiment, I should not care to own it. Now, do you believe me? Quote, yes, said she, I do. Alas, I thought to myself, you are at last deceived completely. My conscience almost smote me, but I thought of M. It is for her sake that I first thought of being and that I am so deceitful to poor Pick, who trusts me so implicitly. We parted mutually satisfied. I, musing on what had passed, I am now let into her secret and she forever barred from mine. Okay, girl. But I think it's really sweet. <laughs> that you oh sweetie this is where you gotta call Enlister sweetie cause girl you we it's everybody okay. already we know already I'm screaming I'm screaming but we know, we know we know Mariana talk about her groceries her miseries about how you was looking in this time period we know about how you were fucking around with your clothes and being subversive of gender norms and what a woman should wear we know you can't help but turn your neck when you see a pretty bitch like Miss Brown but then when it gets to it you're like okay so we are so alike except your your practice on theory just so you know just so you know I've just read books just so you know I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not actually, I'm not, you know, I'm not actually. And, and just because Miss Big was like, oh yes, I believe you. She's right. like, ha ha, I did it. I convinced her. See, I'm the straightest straight that ever did live. Oh, the head propaganda. I can't believe I'm so good at fooling straight people with my heterosexualness that is totally not even there, not even a little bit. But I'm so thrilled that I, me and Lister convinced this super queer. Miss Pickford, who I just said is more charming than me, but I convinced Miss Pickford with this ridiculous lie. And you know, it feels like the lie that you keep talking, the more you keep talking, someone knows you lying because yeah. she keeps adding more shit and only took one yes for Miss Pickford, Terrence, for her to believe Miss Pickford. It's because she last, needed to believe Miss Pickford. <laughs> Girl, what? Who is deceived? I just hope that, you know, this isn't Miss Pickford just being more agreeable just in this moment. It's no, she <laughs> is. I see Miss Pickford as, and who knows if this is just my projection, just as a, for some reason, for some reason, as a more settled queer. She seems to be less anxiety prone, at least through what we're reading through Anne Lister's entries about her queerness and expressing it. And it seems to me she probably befriended Anne because she could see the thing, like how queers can do it. You're like, I don't know, I sense a jaunt in you. Maybe we should talk. And then they talk and these things develop and these things come out and surely we know about the rumors about Ann Lister. We know what people are saying to motherfucking Halifax and this hoe really is talking to another queer where first of all, again, she cannot get over the fact that there's other bitches out here like her and now she really thinks that she has hid her jaunt successfully from Miss Pickford just because she was like, okay, boo, I see that you need me to say yes to be comfortable, so yes. But your light is shining so bright, but you know what? I'm just gonna let you rock. I have a feeling that you time. were aching for a woman just three weeks ago, but that's just, it's just a sixth sense that I have. <laughs> <laughs> it's just something that has occurred to like, me. Like, it just shot me awake in the middle of the night. Like, you were howling like a coyote. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Lord. And she ends the sentence like this, and I kind of love this sentence, because it's like, are there more Miss Pickfords in the world than I have ever before thought of? Yes! Hashtag, yes, you snobby bitch. Halifax well is fair. The world is much bigger than Halifax <laughs> and Paris and fucking York. 
There are so many places to go. And since you are too snobby about the bad women, you've already missed. You've already missed so many others because you've avoided the bad women plucking you on your chest. But um, sisters of the world, unite. <laughs> Adopt a baby gay before she drives herself crazy. Adopt a baby gay today. I love picturing like young Saran, right? And then like I'm picturing also uh, like I want to say fried green tomatoes era uh, for like a Kathy Bates. I don't want there to really be like, I don't want there to be like a big age discrepancy between the two, but I do want one to definitely be established more so. So like, like something about that line of like, remember when she, they, she lost the parking spot and they're like, sorry, we're younger. We're faster. She rams that car off the spot. She's like, well, wait, and what is this? uh, Fargan Twitter. She's like, like, sorry, well, I'm older and I got more insurance. (laughs) So that's true. So are you talking like um Angelina Jolie, Michelle Pfeiffer age difference? Where it's you know obvious what? but yeah. not right. extreme. Right. And we know all that online shipping happened for fans in the freaking maleficent press junket was going around. But that's because Angela Jolie was letting her thirst show. But honestly, if you're not showing your thirst for Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman, are you even alive? Are you alive? <laughs> And that ridiculous grease, too. So could you imagine? Cool rider. I have to say that I do know those songs, even though I really think Grease 2 is ridiculous. But I am such a Michelle Pfeiffer fan that, I, yes, I do know all the songs she sang in that film. At last, Michelle's deceived. <laughs> like, that's exactly she what it is. She's ridiculous. <laughs> she literally has, she's delivered a soliloquy, a speech of trying to convince this bitch. And Miss Pickford's just like, yeah, okay, I believe you. She's like, I knew it. I knew it. That's all you need, Anne. Like, Good Lord. Thank God. Oh, my God. Mission accomplished. <laughs> so totally ridiculous. It reminds me, what is that song that's by the, is it um, Andy Samberg? I'm not gay. I'm not gay. Oh yeah, my <laughs> word. That is Ann Lister in his whole speech. I'm not gay. I'm not gay. Everyone else is gay, but not me. I'm not gay. So from here, we'll jump to August 14th when she gets a letter from Mariana, who has shitty health issues. And you know, it's probably that goddamn complaint causing fangs. So she writes a letter from M, proposes leaving home on Monday or Tuesday, can go no further than Manchester the first day on account of some private reasons at lose, and must be in York the second evening and proceed immediately to Scarborough, for I have much health to seek and little time to do it in. For the last 10 days, I have been as bad as ever and very hysterical. I feel quite unequal to my exertion. Wishes me to spend the last fortnight with her in Scarborough. She's to be there a month. Quote, meet me there at Halifax. If you can, though, it will be but a glimpse of each other. So Mariana's like, hey, girl, I'm not in the best accounts, but um, I will be in Scarborough for about a month. Why don't you come over and hang? But if you do, it'll be like a flash, just a flash of me, a vision of the grubble and then gone. And wait, if we are. Wait, wait, wait. One more thing, because here's here's a connection to Anne and how she feels about Mariana. Towards the end of it, she writes in code, I cannot endure the thoughts of her being ill. My affection returns. I first thought of seeing her at Manchester. And hears that Mariana's potentially not feeling well and her affection returns. That's empathy, girl. That's that's normal, sort of, for some people, if you care. Right, for some if, people. If someone's a caretaker or a protective personality type or something like that, like you, you know how some people feel like they feel better when they are useful or yes. helping? Yes, yes. Some people love as an act of service. So if you are right unwell, let me help you get on the road. It's to like get a caretaking well. thing, and that's kind of that's one of those things. So what were you saying before I cut you off? Oh, uh, my issue with well, even though I see that she's you know jumping towards 
wanting to help her. But that whole one night only situation that she's setting up where it's like, oh, I'll be in your neck of the woods. And it's like, meet me at Halifax. And she's like, well, um, actually, you can come and see me like for a flash, a brief moment. But and it to also be attributed to the fact that she's not well. It's it's annoying me because it's like you are playing with this girl's emotions mm-hmm. to say you mm-hmm. got one day for her and you're in this town. How you got one day for her and she's supposedly your wife? I mean, more than a day. Like, we are here. We are getting here, okay? We are getting to Scarborough and Blackstone Edge. It's happening. It's introing. I need you to know that it's coming. I will be getting my shot of rum since I don't know where that gin bottle went. In preparation for where we're about to go. But that letter is preceding this next meetup that will lead to these incredible dolefuls. So before we get there, I'll leave you with another entry of Anne talking that bullshit to Miss Pickford and no one believing it but her, quite frankly. In my personal opinion. So this is from the 16th. She writes, Called for Miss Pickford to return with me for breakfast. We came upstairs into my room while they laid the cloth for breakfast. When I had first said I had heard of Miss Threffall, Pick said she knew there had been several reports, but that some of them were quite false. I asked if they affected her reception in society. She said no. Pick's oldest sister did not smoke the nature of the connection. I always insist on its being all theory on my part, and she says she believes it. And I constantly observed that my manner and conversation would mislead her if she did not know me so well. To which she agrees. I said to her, quote, I am more commonplace than you are. The world is of one order, you of another, and I neither of them. <laughs> but the connecting link between the two. Okay. I mean, I do like the way she put that. Like, the world is slow. You're evolved. I'm aware of I'm a bridge. Right. I'm a bridge. I'm the missing link. (laughs) I'm the big She's literally, she's like, I am the shit. Like, I am so unique, though. Like, you're you. People are them. And I'm me, which is, like, none of y'all. So, yes. Helena Whitbread has in her book a sort of intro to this next phase of stuff. And she writes, Anne's enthusiasm at the thought of meeting Em again was such that she could not contain her impatience long enough to remain in Halifax and wait for the stagecoach to bring Em and her sister Lou, and perhaps a friend of Em's, Miss Helen Pattinson, into town. Instead, she set off to walk over to the Moors to meet the coach on its way from Lancashire. This impulsive decision was to have fateful consequences for the relationship between the two women. Anne's bizarre and wild appearance in the middle of nowhere, as it appeared to the more conventional Em, provoked her to respond in a way which Anne never forgave. And their love affair never really recovered from the emotional trauma into which Anne was plunged. The story is told in Anne's journal entry for Tuesday, 19th of August, which she wrote once the party of women had reached York. So I need to get my rum, excuse me, because we here. I need to lubricate my throat <laughs> for the volume that will come next. Uh, you, why you got two empty shit. bottles? I'm concerned already. Right. Ugh. Sorry, but... Oh my god, guys. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go. I hope you guys are ready. This will be fucked up. It will be emotional, potentially triggering, but um, here we go. So, feels like it's taken forever, but we are here. We are here to these infamous events I've alluded to, glossed over, we've spoken about for a number of weeks now, which is... um, the incidents of Blackstone Edge and Scarborough. So just so we're all on the same page, this is like what they were referencing when they were arguing in the thermometer the made yeah. appearance. Okay. It did. Okay. It did. This is that thing. This is that drama and the deleted scenes we were talking about. 
that Sally had written about sort of Mariana's angst and where that comes from. Yeah, so here we are. So this, the first part of it, takes place on Tuesday, August 19th, and it is a very, very long entry. There's a lot and talks about. I will just sort of, I guess, give the cliff notes of what she says in the first part of her entry, where she's just talking about her day and what's leading up to it, which is, I would say, anxiousness, being fidgety about the fact that Mariana is coming and... She can't wait. And she details, you know, what she did in the morning, what she's having for breakfast, how excited she is to see Mariana. And basically all this stuff leads to her not waiting where she initially planned to wait for Mariana to arrive in the carriage, but to walk to meet where Mariana would be arriving. All right. So starting a little bit in, Anne writes, I had just determined to go in and order a little boiled milk, was turning towards the door when I spied the carriage winding up the hill. It was a nameless thrill that banished every thought but of Anne. And every feeling but a fearful hope. It was just 11.50 as I reached the carriage, having walked about 10 and a half miles in three hours, 10 minutes. I.e. at the rate of a mile in 18 minutes to the very top of Blackstone Edge. So that's where we are after the days of, right? And it's like, look, bitch, I walked 10 miles. I, the wrong song just came into my head. And I will walk 500 (laughs) miles. Why? Why, brain? So what this is essentially, well... (sighs) You'd have to be a New Yorker to really get it. But it's like there's service interruption and you are walking the stops because you wow. need to get to an express no, platform. But yeah. No, but yeah. It's a very long, very jaunty walk that Anne was on. And I'm sure she felt like it wasn't shit. She was getting ready to see her girl. So, yeah, we're setting we're setting the tone. Right. You see right where we're going. We're setting the tone. You know, any... 10 miles isn't shit with the right, right motivation. Exactly. So her entry continues. Unconscious of any sensation but pleasure at the sight of M, who, with Lou, had been dozing, One in each corner of the carriage, the astonished staring eyes of the man and maid behind and of the postboys walking by the horses were lost to me. And in too hastily taking each step of the carriage and stretching over the pile of dressing boxes, etc., that should have stopped such eager ingress. I unluckily seemed to M to have taken three steps at once. I had still more unluckily exclaimed while the petrified people were bungling about the steps that had walked all the way from Shibden. What with exclamation and with stride, the shock so completely wrapped around M's heart. It left no avenue to any other feeling than joy that her friend, Miss Pattinson, was not there. And she ends that with an exclamation point. So do you see where we're going here? Anne is excited mm-hmm. and jaunts all the way to meet Mariana. She walks 10 miles. She sees the bitch. She literally is like, oh, my God, Bay, it's you. It's been forever. You look great. So happy to see you. She does what any tall, jaunty queer should do, which is take the steps two to yeah. three by three. Mariana sees her long legs, take the steps. And she's like, wow, how masculine, how embarrassing. Oh, Mariana. I'm just going to. How do you how do you shoot down zeal like that? Like, I mean, it is zeal and it's for you and you know that it's for you. And the first thing you're thinking is, oh, my God, everyone can see the game. Have you been ever have you ever been able to maintain? Right. Yes. No, she literally <laughs> that's literally was Mariana. She was like, and they can smell the queerness on you. God damn it, Anne. Are you sweating? Is that a bead of sweat upon thine brow? Go, Sharice. But no, really, that's the energy we get from Mariana, that the gayness was seeping from Anne Lister. And I guess, oh, this is what I was going to say. Have you ever had or had to maintain, whether it was successful or not, a long-distance relationship with um, someone? If I, wait, give that to me again? Oh, have you ever had to deal or maintain or try to maintain for as long as possible a long-distance relationship? 
that's essentially where they are. I mean, but that's when I used to write letters. And then who knows who was really getting those letters? Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. But this is before. This was. Listen, you think someone was in, this is, in intercepting this is your bo- jaunty lettuce? <laughs> I mean, and, and they might have been. <laughs> oh, they might have been because, yeah, that's back when I didn't pay the bills where I lived. Oh, so, you talking about parental units? Yes. Oh, wow. Well. And if they, <laughs> right. So now you have, there you go. Oh, dear. Right. I'll just say my mom knows I'm a letter writer. <laughs> Shout out to me all today if she gets this far into the podcasting. So, yeah, I mean, I can only say for myself, just from the jump off, from the jump off, if I hadn't seen my person in months and this is the first time I'm seeing you and there's going to be a lot of things on the mind, justifiably, but my excitement to get to you is bubbling over and your first reaction is, you're embarrassing me. Can you not? Um, that's going, that's setting a bad vibe for the entire freaking trip. And depending on how serious I think you are, I'm either going to just roll with it and continue to be as annoying I am and double down on it. I mean, the way Anne phrases it, unconscious of any sensation but pleasure at the sight of M. Just pleasure. She's like, I just have pleasure seeing your face, Mariana. And Mariana's like, oh, you know what I have? Do you want to know what I have? (laughs) Gosheries and miseries, Anne. Gosheries and miseries. Okay. And it continues. Oh, yeah. So we left off where she talked about people being petrified that she mentioned that she walked all the way from Shivden. And Coach, she continues, she would have been astonished and M horrorstruck. Why did I say I had walked from Shivden? Never saw John's eyes so round with astonishment. The postboys, too. And how fast I talked. Thought to have met me in Halifax. Why did I come so far? Why walk? Why not come in the gig? So- See, now that's you... Bleeding down. No, 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 no. You know why you walked. The motivation was, it was well read. Gaslit. Exactly. <laughs> no, but Beth, please and, and then, And then also, Mariana, where, where were you off to? Where were you? Who were you here to see? Allegedly. Allegedly right. to see Anne. Because allegedly. the energy doesn't seem to match. And that bothers me. And uh, clearly it bothered Anne. To the point where she almost successfully um, untangled herself out of your... Um, wonderful web but then you know you put it down where you got to put it down and you got her back but down. no diggity no doubt as black street would say right when mariana puts that thing down she put it down <laughs> let me let me continue with this very serious um sad entry so not in code it continues i did talk fast my words flew from me as though disdaining to touch on utterance I expected them an hour earlier. Must either walk forwards or stop at an alehouse or a cottage when the suspense and anxiety of waiting would have been unsupportable. The gig horse was taking diuretics. And then in code she has, but the poisoned arrow had struck my heart and M's words of meeting welcome had fallen like some huge iceberg on my breast. So, and hurt, her feelings hurt appropriately. Lord, 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 I just... I'm, I'm not. The daggers aren't done. The daggers aren't done. Let me. <laughs> Why are we not done? We're not done. We're not done. And she had to express herself in this long ass entry. It continues in the vain assurance of my taking slower when agitation had gone by in the vain endeavor to excuse myself to say I was neither really become ungentle in my manners nor at all changed since she'd seen me last. And in code, she has in vain the gentle reproach that she was unused to me and had forgotten me and that this sort of reception was at the best unwelcome i can't no see and then how long was she supposed to stay see i don't 
I'm not a fan. That's that phrase right there. Gentle reproach that she was unused to me and had forgotten me. Whoa! Like, that's some profound shit, but that's, I mean, that's, that's really it. The only way you're surprised by this is you forgot who a bitch was. You forgot. Well, yeah, but then that's what makes me think that for some reason that I'm unfor- I'm forgettable to you. And if I or could is be- the head propaganda that she been up there with this lifestyle and trying to fit and blend and create an air for Charles and whatever and lock this shit down that I think it's a little bit easier to forget what was happening in your queer goddamn relationship when you're so busy playing pretend for oh, months at well, a time yeah. and you don't even get to see your girlfriend yeah. slash wife slash husband slash what are we really? And she writes on in code. I had only just ceased to remember what she had said to me when we met last year at Chester and that when we met four years ago at Manchester. The agitation of my inmost soul was met, not with any female weakness of sympathy, but with the stronger mind of shocked astonishment, the awkwardness of the cut and curl of my hair. So there's indication that, like I believe I mentioned earlier, that Mariana has a problem with Anne's haircut, which we know resembled a little bit of a little pixie, little thing, but maybe a little more curly, a la Georgian stuff. But that was the style she was rocking. We know that this is um, one of those queer hairstyles that stands the test of time, (laughs) for sure. Century to century. And Mariana did not have anything positive to say about it. And just off off the cuss, just to me, off propriety, propriety and niceness. How you not see a bitch for months and you see her hair and you're like, honestly, what I don't like. Is this That's what looks shitty is your hair. This this thing that I see now that looks different from when I last saw you. I don't like it. It's like the opposite of Villanelle when she sees Anna and she's like, you look older. I like it. It's nice. It's nice. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like what this is. It's the opposite of that. She continues and began to excuse herself, told Lou the fright I was at the time alluded to and would prove it was all her affection for me that made her so alive to my appearance. <laughs> Wait. I'm sorry, like, this is totally, like, Mariana style of gaslighting. <laughs> it's basically saying that she told Lou, her sister, that her shock at the time was just down to her being so affectionate and excited. Just so, like, <laughs> excited to see Anne that that shitty response was right. just... <laughs> like. They were nice daggers. I'm sorry. I'm laughing because Mariana tried to sell this. I'm laughing because she tried to sell this and it's not sellable. She continues, said she was taken by surprise. In fact, she saw she had gone too far. Quote, I shall take five minutes, said I, to get right again. Let me lean back and sleep a little. And so this is Anne being like, as she's recounting the thing, she's like, oh, so Mariana's finally picking up like she do after she does the hurting to be like, oh, was that, did I, was that not a... Oh, it's not even a big deal, is it? And Anne trying to be like, it's fine. Let me let me try to get myself. Let me try to get my head right. Despite the fact that I just walked 10 miles for your ass. And now you're treating me like this. Let me just try to close my eyes. Take a little moment. Get a little zen. Maybe some little meditation in and see where I'm at by the time this gig stops. Lord. Right. And Anne continues. I felt, yes, unutterable things. Roused again. We sparred a little. I pretended to laugh it off. Say I was a little put out of temper. She offered to give me five minutes to recover in. I leaned back. I scarce knew what my feelings were. They were in tumult. Shame, shame, said I to myself, to be so overcome. I talked as well as I could, yet it was evident, as M said, that I was not right. And that is underlined. She said something to me about Scarborough. We will talk about it another time. Write to me about it. I meant to have gone with you, but now, perhaps, dot, dot, dot. Now, said she, you are going to vex me. Hold your tongue. 
And that's the end of the quote, I guess, from Mariana. How little she knows me, Anne continues. I uttered not for a minute or two, then turned to indifferent subjects like Miss Pickford, Miss Pattinson, Miss Wainford. <laughs> Place Wiltshire, granddaughter of the late Viscount Ashbrook, age 30, 20,000 pounds. <laughs> Will just suit me, etc. So <laughs> I'm sorry. This is what Anne is on about. She's like, you know what? Mariana's pissing me off. So let me I just let me turn right. let me turn to subjects that don't even matter, like women, just other random women, including this one random bitch who actually has twenty thousand pounds, who actually would suit me perfectly, Mariana. Actually, down to the ground, down <laughs> to the ground. is so petty. Oh, I was debating whether or not I was like, well, because mm, I don't need to be here, and this visit could get cut short. Like I could literally be anywhere else if. We're going to just be vexed. Mariana wouldn't allow that. <laughs> like, she allows enough to, like, create the bad situation, but not enough to lose the grubble. Like, she's like, well, don't go. <laughs> and here's a halfway apology. Didn't fully mean it that way, even though totally, totally I did, and you took it that way. <sighs> Lord. So where was I? Right. So she is like, listen, Miss Warnerford, this granddaughter of this late count who's about 30 years old, she got money, and she will suit me. And after this, she has... M began to look low. <laughs> well, girl, yes. <laughs> like, that's expected. It's kind of like what she deserves for the, the nasty energy she had, but also it's not surprising. And Anne continues, my heart relented. Paid her two or three affectionate compliments. Lou owned I had had a trial of temper. I laughed and said I was getting over it. And by the time we had reached King Cross, I felt myself more easily under my own control. So this is a, this is a melodramatic gig ride in oh. Halifax. That's what oh, the, that's yes. what this is. They're like, what are we we are in the gig and it is tension. I feel like the gig rider, the driver, he was like, bitch, I don't even know why <laughs> all this drama's happening in this carriage. That poor driver. <laughs> right. Cause there was a lot of going on. There was a lot going on and not a whole lot of truth <laughs> in terms of like, you really hurt my feelings and here's how you can make it up versus Anne being like, no, no, I'm good. I'm fine. It's, I'm good. I'm fine. I'm good. I'm fine. You didn't hurt me at all. I'm good. I'm fine. But really, the narrator chimed in to say, and she was not good right. or fine. These bow scars, Lord. Right. And so as she goes on, and she's not in code anymore, she's like, we were all now quite right and merry. Alas, I had not forgotten. The heart has a memory of its own, but I had ceased to appear to remember, save in occasional joking, allusions to the quote, three steps. <laughs> yeah, this, this memory wasn't going anywhere anytime soon. Well, not in reality but she's saying that she gave the impression to the guest that it was but who knows i mean i think mariana plays pretend like she thinks it's it's doing well but doesn't actually in her heart believe that it's been resolved she continues i soon found my mind had been stronger than my body i began to feel my headache accompanied by strong bilious symptoms and before we drove down upon kirkstall abbey i had lost all power of expressing what i intended yet joked it off laughing at the blunders i had made just beginning to speak better when we alighted at the White Horse Leeds at 3 p.m., slank away into a lodging room, 15 minutes, retying my neck handkerchief after the heat I had had in walking. Could not change my things. In driving so quickly past the White Lion, I had left my green bag at Furnaces. It did not appear that M had thought of looking for me, but on entering the room, bless me, said she, where have you been? I could not tell where you were. And so, <laughs> I don't know why these ladies... I'm playing these games. What's your estimation of the event so far in this, um, what's supposed to be a, a grubble-filled weekend? Right, right. And all of a sudden, it's like, well, where's that bag that I had? It's, it's. I, I try not to use this reference, but 
Remember the scene with this couple that has no sex and the wife is trying to get the suitcase luggage that's like trapped from on top of the... Uh... I'm going to need you to stop with your killing me references. I'm going to stop you right here. I'm going to pause you right here and I'm going to say find another reference that is not killing Eve. Uh, well, I, I, I mean, was it that obvious? I just was saying it's like... Mm. No, it was. It was. <laughs> That's why I just, I was like, let me pause. All right. So let me think. All right. It's weird that they're not on the same. Well, I won't say they're not on the same page, but the energy clearly is not where it should be. This isn't, this isn't groundbreaking. This isn't like everything. This isn't the fondness that the distance should have been providing. Yeah, I think uh, Mariana came ready on one and it's possible that just seeing and take three steps really took this bitch out which really mariana but if i had to guess with how complicated humans are it was probably a combination of things happening that day that just made her less open to being less of a dick to Anne, despite how short her hair was or how sweaty she might have been or how she would have taken the steps because at least the way it reads she's playing a type of coy gaslighting situation where you're doing things that show that you do see that something's wrong. You have reacted in this way that then gets this reaction from your partner, but then you're sort of playing possum like, oh, but why are you upset? Oh, I was looking for you. You know what I mean? Where Anne's like, it doesn't look like she was looking for me. It doesn't look like she was looking exactly. for me at all. But when she finally sees me, she's like, oh, hey, babe, where were you? I was looking for you. And she got Anne Lester fucked up. She really did. She continues, in fact, I had felt very unwell, but of course said nothing of this and merely asked for a little dry toast and boiled milk. Woo! Not missing that Georgian diet. Let me tell you what, to dry toast and boiled milk does not well, sound like Candace's no. favorite snack. No, no. Milk isn't even pasteurized. I was about to say. That's, <laughs> that's bad. Uh, maybe that's bad why my belly. that's why it's being boiled. Like, oh, that's, that's wait, woo! But even, but. It just right okay. we know it needs we, to also be frozen just all of it is bad it's bad it's bad and um, she continues having had no breakfast while em and lou had sandwiches and soda water ate two or three small bits of toast and drank one and a half basins of milk that's a lot of milk and but all right off from leeds in about three quarters of an hour four or five miles off began to feel very sick it's the milk and and how quickly right. did you drink it that's just a guess maybe it's not the milk and blamed the milk <laughs> em and i agree mariana and i agree the fucking milk and boiled <laughs> boiled <laughs> boiled non-pasteurized milk i feel like that's i just because right pasteurization i just feel like it wasn't right that so wasn't... <laughs> in my head when i think of felt ill i'm thinking extreme flatulence mm. Okay. All right. The realness you just brought to this discussion was unwarranted, but also relevant because that that would put a, a pause, a pedal to the sexy times if flatulence was coming up. Right. And then, and then <laughs> I was like, like, how like, do I phrase this? I, I feel unwell. Appearing. It's like, oh, <laughs> it's the milk. Yo. Oh, my God. But at the same time, that's the type of shit that should theoretically be okay in a Mariana I man agree. situation. Y'all been around each other long enough. You've seen all the stuff. You should be able to use the necessary right. in front of your lady. Those are make or and breaks. Without judgment. Without judgment. Right. Right. Those are make or breaks. <laughs> and those should... Those are usually testaments to how close you are to one another. This is when you're supposed to support your person. Mm -hmm. That you're like, hey, you're drooling right now at the side of your mouth. But that's okay. It's okay. I don't care. And I'm here for you to take care of you. So if Anne was having extreme flatulence because of her boiled milk, I think Mariana's a dick. For not just looking past it as if people weren't having flatulence all across the 1800s. Because weren't they? Mustn't they have? I, I mean. I feel like. these. I mean. 
I feel but, like. So so let's say they have, but from, from <laughs> what we've been covering, I've yet to read of there there's stuff about movements, but there's never stuff about flatulence that I've And Lister's probably one of those women, despite her being, you know, very masculine of center, who doesn't talk about flatulence that much. Or or maybe the translators have, have decided Well, not even that. Maybe they just decided it wasn't relevant. That like people want to know a lot of shit about Ann Lister, not if she suffers from flatulence when she drinks her boiled milk. Well, see, this is when it's important important. This is because... my algorithm. Back to my <laughs> algorithm, and I need to be able to search. And then also, like you just pointed out, what might be the word Ann Lister uses for flatulence? Because we got she got all kinds of names. Her cousin, complaints, all kinds of things that don't correlate with modern things so what if she got something that's like grubble but not like a secret word that her and mariana know that means you just let one drop and that's okay because i love you it's fine it's it's not i'm not enjoying it but also it's okay i don't know what that is and if anyone out there is aware of a term that analyst uses for flashlights <laughs> if you us. are please email us and if you are upset and disgusted by this rope <laughs> this route we've taken we're sorry but also i am authentically very curious about I mean, flatulence this. wasn't born in the 90s. Like, it, <laughs> it, it wasn't. And also blame Tarrant. He brought it up. He focused, he honed in on the realities of warmed uh, milk. Right. So for those of us who are lactose intolerant and potentially drink lactate or almond or coconut milk or whatever, rice milk, there's all kinds of not milk milk that you can drink. Are you lactose intolerant? Um, yeah. At, at this age, yeah. I'm just going to err on the side of caution and just be like, eh. Err? <laughs> yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Pun intended. I am. My whole family is, so you might imagine. I'll just say that my brother is the only one who doesn't listen. My younger brother, he doesn't, well, he doesn't listen to the fact that we all lactose intolerant. His He's still doing what like, he got to do. Right, wait, right. He tortured me growing up. Yeah, you could imagine. Yeah, Lord. exactly. Exactly. You know that 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 aroma is your body saying, "Don't do this to me." You do you no. know that that's what that Don't means. Don't leave me this way, <laughs> right, God, baby. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so check out this line that because we've been we've been riffing on whether or not Anne has flatulence or ever did. Riffing and minutes. riffing. Oh Lord, Terrence. <laughs> But here the line, here the line, she said to Mariana after and was like, it's probably the milk, girl. She was like, I laughed and said it was the shock of the three steps. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, still petty. Right. I My feelings hurt, but I'm still petty. Right. Feelings hurt, still petty. And then she has a statement in Latin here that means the truth was told with impunity. And so I assume that she's referring to herself. Perhaps in sort of like the third person here where she's like, and I told the truth with impunity, which is, girl, no, what got me fucked up isn't actually the milk. What has me feeling ill, even though the milk was a bit too warm, is actually you, you, what you just did, what you, what you did. And I can't get past it. I'm not past it. I'm not over it. And after that, she has, I do not think Em noticed it. <sighs> Go hold my tongue right now. I'm just going to say it's a lot of times that Anne is writing. I don't think Em noticed. And I really do think Em did notice. She right. just doesn't do right she doesn't do the thing so this she is her do. trying to give em an excuse for yes, not yes. owning up to her i think behavior. she does this a lot mm -hmm. especially in this time she is constantly excusing em's behavior or lack of behavior that she should be exhibiting and then it takes some time takes some marination after the fact for her to be like wait a minute this wasn't cool this wasn't right i don't like this but definitely in real time she is making excuses and trying to find ways to like 
I guess, cope because ultimately you want to have good memories with your partner versus what is actually happening. And the entry goes on. A threefold relief to my stomach made me feel considerably better when we reached Tadcaster. Here to prevent the bustle of dining in Petergate, York, M ordered a beefsteak, a roast chicken, and vegetables, all very nicely done in about half an hour. I ate a little bit of beefsteak and two large pickled cucumbers to coax it down. I Look, I don't know how you could See, coax it down. You're trying to coax it down, and I'm just right, trying to figure out how. How and why and why and how? How and why, British folks? In my head... <laughs> She was no longer in Lister. She was like Miss Trunchbull or something. Just she said she got the beefsteak down with pickled cucumbers. Right. I'm just trying to figure out what. <laughs> when did they pair? Who decided they paired? Who decided? Good lord! All right, I just like that she used cokes because that would be the word I have to use. Mm-hmm. Like I'm trying to talk to myself and my throat to be like, listen, listen, baby, come on, right. come on, come on. We gotta survive, right. girl. We gotta we- make it through the weekend, girl. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Swallow your contempt. <laughs> Swallow your pride. Swallow, Swallow your sadness. Swallow get your it down. sadness. Get it down. Just get it. Get it down there. Bitter pill. So it continues. There being an organ and plenty of music, Lou played in a company. Well, because you know, that's what women do. They be playing mm-hmm. music when they're bored. Lou played and accompanied me in three or four songs till a minute or two before dinner when Em and I went upstairs. Surprised to find me so unwell, she knew I had more discharge than she had. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Smoke, I, call, right. I call me a little. I, right. I read this before, but it called me a little. It called right. me. I forgot. You know what that means. And of my consulting, Doctor Simpson. It was she advised my being bled and blistered, though she never once remembered to, forgot to, inquire whether I had followed her advice or whether it had answered or not. She said she was sorry, but the expression of her sorrow on this occasion was tame indeed compared with the expression of her surprise on our meeting this morning. I proposed sleeping in Petergate. She thought I had better not. She was afraid of doing harm. I promised to put this out of the question. So right down to Mariana's advice about the complaint, which doesn't even seem like it was good ass advice. No. Nope. And it's like, she didn't even ask if I, she didn't even ask how I was doing right. with the complaint or if I took her shitty advice in the first place. Wow. 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 Just going to say there's not a lot of checks in Mariana's box. Yeah, right no. the fuck right now. In fact, there's zero checks. Well, one, the milk. So that long ass entry was just Tuesday on the 19th. And the initial encounter at Scarborough that sets her off and sets just the course for how this whole interaction is going to go with Mariana. And then we have on the 20th, the following day of August, Mariana essentially expressing her absolute and total mortification at the possibility of their connection being known. And she's like, but you're in my house. Sorry. I, well, no, Sorry. she's like, well, technically not an aunt's house, but she's like, listen, I chose this place for us to hang out, which isn't my house in Chester or yours in Shipton for the secrecy. So no one could ever know. Like that movie I told you about, that's one of the worst in terms of sadness and other things. Queer movies, Lost and Delirious. We can never, ever, ever be, ever, ever be, ever be. That's, yeah. All right. So this entry begins, soon began on the erotics last night, her warmth encouraging. Both awake at five in the morning and talk till seven. Asked if this was not better than my sleeping in Micklegate at the Duffins. Yes, but it was prudence on her part. She had a feeling she could not describe, would make any sacrifice rather than to have our connection suspected. She seemed very affectionate and fond of me, said I was her only comfort. She should be miserable without me. And I said, quote, this is adultery to all intents and purposes. No, no, said she. Oh, yes, M. No causatry can disguise it. And M says, not this then, but the other. Well, said I, 
choosing to let the thing turn her own way, I always considered your marriage legal prostitution. We were both wrong, you to do it and I to consent to it. And when I think of blaming others, I always remember nothing can at all excuse us but our prior connection, end quote. I did not pursue the subject, nor did M seem to think much of it. The fear of discovery is strong. It rather increases, I think, but her conscience seems seared so long as concealment is secure. Told her she need not fear my conduct letting out our secret. I could deceive anyone. <laughs> Sorry, I was just thinking back to Miss Pickford. Anyone? Anyone? She, she doesn't suspect anyone. a thing. <laughs> she suspects nothing. <laughs> then told her how completely I had deceived Miss Pickford. <laughs> right, right. Had deceived Miss Pickford and that the success of such deceit almost smote me. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just funny. I know that ethically, and you're like, I was almost smoting. I almost smote myself. But to us, the observer, and it was not concealed, I have to say. In Miss Pickford's diary, she is having a laugh, I think, potentially. And she ends it by saying, but I had done it all for her, M's sake. Quote, why should it smite you? It is deceit that does none any harm. And this is M's statement. Why should it smite you? It is deceit that does none any harm. And it's like, M, it harms Anne. At the very minimum, it harms the relationship she potentially could have with Miss Pickford if she wasn't too busy playing games about what she was trying to hide about herself. It, it does damage. Mariana? Yes. And Anne finishes this part saying, I made no reply but mused how sophistry might reign within the breast where none suspected it. How might the argument be stretched from one deceit to another? Mary, you have passion like the rest, but your caution cheats the world out of its scandal, and your courage is weak rather than your principle strong. Wow. Any words before I continue? <laughs> any, any thoughts? Any feelings? Like <laughs> you are seeing what we've been seeing on our end that she's not, like, she exists, but, you know, she's not all there is, and there could be something to be desired in this relationship. I mean, she could, she could improve. There are, there is room for improvement. Uh, yeah, totally. And Anne continues to go in. I'll finish it. She's like, yet, is it I who write this? It's like she's marveling at herself. Is it me? Is it me and Lester writing this shit? Hold up, what? She is true to me, yes. But she is not that magnanimity of truth that satisfies a haughty spirit like mine. She is too tamely worldly, and worldliness is her strength, and weakness, her foible, and her virtue. She loves me, I do believe her, as well as she is capable of loving, yet her marriage was worldly. Her whole conduct is worldly to the farthest verge that craven love can bear. So wait a goddamn second. She loves me, I do believe her, as well as she is capable of loving. <laughs> what are your thoughts on that's, that? That's ultimately the same as saying, you know, I trust her as far as I could throw her. So it's like, yeah, um... Well, see, I don't know. I mean, well, yes, yes, that too. But also just the, I think the sad truth of reality that Anne is trying to give Mariana the benefit of the doubt. She's not trying to say you're out here being a dick trying to hurt me. She's like, you're doing your best. This is the best way you know how to love I'm me. Not this allowed. is the only way you know how to love me. I have a beautiful correlation. I'm just not allowed to use it. You keep your goddamn killing you correlations to yourself. You, you just exposed yourself. You're still doing it. You're still doing it. <laughs> Unbelievable. She continues, how often has it struck me years ago when once talking to Lou about this marriage and the powerful circumstances that almost compelled it? Quote, well, said she, you do not know M. She is worldly. <laughs> well, at, well, this this Lou M's sister talking that shit about her own sis because that's what the bell combs be doing. 
and it goes on, and the match was worldly altogether. This deed indeed strike me at the time, but it never struck me as it does at this moment. And then she's like, Thursday, August 21st, 3.55 p.m., 1823, because she's like, I must note the struckness that has happened in my life. It now opens upon me as the key of all, that all I have never yet been able to comprehend in her character. I have doubted her love. I have doubted her sincerity. How often with an almost bursting heart have I laid aside my papers and musings because I dared not pursue inconsistencies I could not unravel. I could not deem the dial true. I would not deem it false. The time, the manner of her marriage, to sink January 1815 into oblivion. Oh, how it broke the magic of my faith forever. How spite of love it burst the spell that bound my very reason. Suppliant at her feet, I loathed consent, but loathed the asking more. I have given the yes she sought, though. It had rent my heart into a hundred thousand shivers. It was enough to ask. It was a coward love that dared not brave the storm. And in desperate despair, my proud indignant spirit watched it skulk away. How few the higher feelings we then could have in common. The spell has been broken. Ish. Yeah, ish. I feel like, I mean, this is where I hope realistically and it seems like this is where Anne was at this time given her age being like 30 and like I would say in this position hopefully right now to take a look at her life and take a look at her relationship with Mariana and not within the haze of what happens when you're potentially 22 to 25 you're young you're in love and perhaps you're still in process as a person so things you're willing to accept and deal with and tolerate are not the things maybe you want to tolerate when you're 30 or your understanding of love and commitment or whatever loyalty is different at that age so then you look back on a relationship that you maybe had at 21 23 and perhaps you realize at least this is what I hope for Anne that she's realizing that there's a difference between her fantasy of Mariana and what she wants from Mariana and what she thinks is possible with Mariana versus what she's actually getting for Mariana and what Mariana is capable of. Like she said her own words, like maybe Mariana just isn't capable of this. Yeah, this is a full on yikes. I mean, hard nose. You can be unconditionally in love with someone who could reciprocate the passion. Like it would be nice to have. And then you learn again what your hard limits are. At least I hope. You hopefully, learn. hopefully yeah hopefully you learn something like, you know what i don't like these downs like these are these downs are super down and unless you're going to resolve whatever it is that you've got going on so that you can learn to appropriately love me because mm-hmm. i have a language mm-hmm. for the way that i exude my love like i even put that on facebook this year i was like i'm going to be loved correctly oh yes yeah, or left alone completely. or left the fuck alone right. so good advice right so here's hoping that um this is your aha moment. Uh, we didn't even. We didn't, you <laughs> I know, know, but it's I, know, I, know, I know. We we out here discussing Blackstone. I know. And we ain't even finished the, her ghostries in Scarborough. I know. So well, but this is a process. It's a painful process, but it is so obviously. By the time we're done, we see how we get to the end. Lister of Shibden Hall and Gentleman Jack, who's a bit snobby, got some things, but a little bit bit of a wall that we see present for Ann Walker. And here are some of the reasons why it's motherfucking there. Like the actual wall of the braze. Why can't Ann Walker get those braze removed? Well, it's Mariana's fault. Mariana mm-hmm. got the braze removed and she went to town. So this entry on the 20th finishes up saying, there's some French here, but I will just read the English version. 
So she finishes, how few the higher feelings we then could have in common. The chivalry of heart was gone. Hope's brightest hues were brushed away. Yet still one melancholy point of union remained. She was unhappy. So was I. Love scorned to leave the ruin desolate. And time and he have shaded it so sweetly, my heart still lingers in its old abiding place. Thoughtless of its broken bowers, save when some sudden gust blows through and screeching memory is disturbed. But oh, no more. The heart knows its own bitterness and it is enough. And then in French in code, she writes from Rousseau's Confessions, volume and page first. She loves me, though it is neither exactly as I wished nor as I too fondly persuaded myself or years had taught me to weigh human nature in the balance or unlock the loveliest of bosoms with the key of worldliness. Yes, she loves me. My own feelings shall descend to hers. They have done so in part. How I could have adored her had she been more of that angelic being my fancy formed her. No thought, no word, no look had wandered then. Surely my very sentiment toward her had less of earth in it than heaven. How like the visions of romantic youth. I know she might have realized them, but no more, no more. I seem unable to return to the dry detail of a journal. Went downstairs at 8.30, breakfasted, took leave, and off from the bellcombs. And in code, finally, I never uttered all the way, wrapped in musing, thought of M and the three steps business, then about my manners and appearance building castles about their improvement, elegance, engagingness, etc. The good society I hope to get into. So she's over here just like second guessing everything that makes her her and knowing that that has a lot to do with why M is not happy with her. So Well, yeah, and also that concept that some people talk about and I suppose it depends on the relationship to relationship, but a lot of people feel like no two people are in love to the equal degree at the very same time that someone is more in love or less passionate or whatever. And certainly it seems like Anne is saying in this part that like when she says I'm descending to where Mariana is, she clearly sees herself on this one level of love that as far as we could tell, seems to be a degree of accurate, less judgmental in a sense, more open to compromise. And it's just like, she's not being met (laughs) where she's at by Mariana. And she constantly feels like she has to adjust adjust her expectations, adjust her feelings and her barometer of, okay, is this going to hurt me? Am I going to show this to match where Mariana is, where it seems like at least right now she's getting to the point of like, this is, this is as far as you can go. Like I can't ask someone to jump higher than they're capable of jumping. You know, can't ask you to be Shaq if you are Muggsy Bogues and sorry, sorry. That was the only reference that came out. It's a sport reference. Everyone's going to be like, you guys, well, maybe not those of you, this, yeah, I know there's some queers listening to this. I know at least a quarter of you play sports. <laughs> some of you play basketball, please, God. I know some of you did or dated somebody who played basketball or soccer. Just conflate it. All right. So that is, uh, that's the end of that. She, it's sad. It's fucked up. It's, it's melancholy. Sad. It's insightful. It's a lot. It's prophetic. There's all kinds of stuff happening in this entry. And wow, 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 wow. <sighs> So I'm just going to highlight a sentence from the next day, Thursday, the 21st, that she writes in code about M. And she says, just before breakfast, I thought of M till the tears stood in my eyes. Alas, said I, she has everything to hope from my regard and everything to fear from my reflection. Um. Everything to hope from my regard and everything to fear from my reflection. 
fucked up. It got me fucked up. All these words got me <laughs> fucked up. Mariana, good for the old, bad for the self-esteem. Mm-hmm. But at the end of that, in non-encode, she writes, I feel better tonight. Writing my journal has composed and done me good. So it always does. So this is one of those times it feels like that Anne writing in her journal therapeutically, since she didn't have a motherfucking therapist to talk to at the time, was was the best therapy she could get. Just like voicing this, voicing her pain, voicing her frustration, because clearly she wasn't voicing it to Mariana. And somebody, you need to go somewhere. <sighs> it's a lot. So in this next entry on the 22nd of August on Friday, Mariana writes about wanting Anne to go to Scarborough and uh, does one of her favorite pastimes of gaslighting Anne out of all the things she literally just did in their last meeting. In this entry reads, a letter this morning from M. She will go to Scarborough on Saturday. Would like me to go next Wednesday week. Quote, I have settled with my mother to give her three guineas a week and she will find all except wine. Only this sum for us all, herself and me and the servants. It is little enough. M has the following. Beginning at the fifth line of her first page, relative to our meeting on Tuesday. Quote, you know, my friend, I love you very dearly, too dearly, for either time or circumstances to make any change. And though the tongue may sometimes, at unawares, speak unpalatable truths, this heart never wrongs you. Do you not believe this? <laughs> Sorry, let me finish before we roast M. I was really distressed on reflection at what I had said on our first meeting, but absolutely I feel jealous for you of everyone's good opinion and I would not have you excite wonder even in a post boy. So, <laughs> so what she tried to do <laughs> was say Mariana. that what she was caught up in was she was enraged at all the attention she was garnering from everyone she was like babe if you weren't so fucking high like (laughs) i wouldn't have to react this way with ghost sharice i don't want anyone paying attention to you not even a post boy okay no i just i give kudos to mariana for being fast she is quick she is fucking quick and here's Anne writing after she like quotes mariana in her diary she's like really distressed on reflection exclamation point I wonder if she and Lou had any conversation on the subject. Lou owned I had a trial of a temper. Perhaps she might give M some useful hint that sharpened up reflection. It was a luckless moment for the tongue to have the mastery of the heart. And here she's referencing 2 Kings 10.15. Quote, was thine heart right as mine heart was with thy heart. End quote. Then thy heart had been king and no subservient member has had power to rebel. It is, quote, at unawares, the door of thought is best thrown open. It is, quote, at unawares, that thoughts peep out into their own natural order and outermost and uppermost come into view. Quote, jealous of you, of everyone's good opinion. Is she herself deceived and does this web of sophistry ensnare its weaver? O world, I know thee well. Thou art a subtle creature full of thine own littleness, fawning in our prosperity, faithless in our adversity, braggart in victory, dastard in defeat. Thou pointest thy finger at the speck affection's beam would melt away. Thou makest the heart turn coward to itself and shrink at thy capricious nod. With shame from that it loves. Thou sorcerer, thou dealer in false words, jealous for you of everyone's good opinion. Nay, speak the unpalatable truth out plainly. Teach her the import of her own feelings and bid her say, ashamed for you of the fear of everyone's disparagement. Mary, your friend had other things to think of than a postboy's wonder and is surely in the esteem of others, neither so poor as to need nor so niggard as to desire your jealousy of the good opinion of anyone. 
I know that that word is real. It just took me out. Um, so, I mean, this is Anne self talking. Right. <laughs> she, she, I love how she Time wrote. Time froze. Time stood <laughs> still. She wrote down Mariana's words, word for word, and then kept rewriting it to be like, <laughs> unawares. Let me tell you what's unawares, Mariana. Let me tell you what's fucking unawares. You right now, you are unawares of how you got me fucked up. You got me fucked up. But sorry, I cut you off because I was laughing. No, that's, I mean, it's one thing to be like smooth, but it's another thing to think that you are getting over. Like, I can applaud you for your attempt. Who, Mariana? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can applaud you for your attempt. But if you think. That, she said, uh, listen, boo, I'm just speaking the unpalatable truths. Like, that is such a phrase because she's because she's saying I'm not lying, though. Am right, I? Right. Like, the, is, it's a bitter pill, babe, but it's a pill that you got to swallow. It's a gift. Like, Mariana got no fucking chill. There's a gif. I think it's like, how could you say oh, something so controversial yet so brave? Yet so brave. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That's Mariana trying to give the award to herself. Right. She looks in the mirror. She's like, how could you say something controversial yet so brave, Mariana? I'm proud of you. Proud of you. I'm proud of you, Mariana Lawton. Belcombe, knee Belcombe. <sighs> wow. I'm sorry. Were you finished saying what you were saying? I mean, um, as far as me trying to give... Uh, M credit for this cover-up. I mean, that's as much as I can say. Uh, I don't know what she thought would happen immediately, but time stood still. And and just locked everything in, everything she just heard, and just did the math. She did the quick math. She's maths. marinating. She right. is marinating, and it's not going well she was for like, hmm, Mariana. No. And she doesn't even know because Mariana, they're not together at this moment. And she's just like doing her thing. And Anna's just like festering, festering so that this entire situation ultimately falls apart when we do get to Scarborough. On the next day, which is Saturday the 23rd, she mentions again the three-step business of Blackstone Edge. And of course, it is obviously really affecting her. And she also laments her family's lack of money um, at the end of the entry and Mariana not really knowing shit. And it's interesting that we ultimately learned that she doesn't let her shoulder problems with her like an actual couple. There's no perception of equal opportunity, strength, leaning. Because I'm sure, well, I mean, that's debatable because I've also said to you how I don't think Mariana was forthcoming with all of her issues that she could have used some emotional support on because it would relate to Charles and the right. het game she was playing, the Het Ranger games that Anne has no interest in and definitely right. doesn't understand. Because you know what you could have done? Could have not married Charles. And then that Wait a minute. I've already said she could have not, but she could have also been destitute. Uh, no, I'm right. trying to say how many of the Belcombs were out here getting hitched? Not enough. Not enough. Not enough for the parents. So she could have, but she could also have been on the streets. Now, I would maintain that for me personally, I'd be a queer on the streets um, just to like not. But I have issues with authority and men telling me what to do. So I already know that no matter the timeline, no matter the realm, no matter what earth I'm on, Candace is probably going to end up at the gallows if a dude is in charge and trying to tell her to do some shit and her life depends on her doing whatever that dude said. I'm not going gentle into that good night. I'm going to rage, raging as the dying of the light, but I'm I'm definitely going down. And so, and, oh wait, what? Were you about to say something? No, it's just, it's too much of a tangent. I was going to say, <laughs> what if you met another timeline version of you? Oh. And would you trust her? If oh. you are <laughs> This sounds like some or shit from Black Lightning. Or, or this Star sounds like Trek, some shit from Black Lightning. Oh, 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 Star Trek too. she set you up for her crimes oh. and have you so she could I would like to think that I'm a misogynist in every timeline. Right. I would like to hope 
that whatever fucked up shit has happened to me, that I'm still putting women first. And that includes me. That includes me as well. Hopefully, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Hopefully. So from Saturday, August 23rd, I and I'll just read a quick section or I guess two sections of her lamenting life. And she starts out saying this three steps business haunts me like a specter. I cannot throw it off my mind. It is my first thought in the morning and last at night. It teems with reflections that discomfort me. Alas, it was not a trial of temper. That I could have borne. It was one of heart. My love was plaintive and reason mourned to give high damages that neither time nor she that did them can repay. Oh, I guess she's highlighting uh, Mariana's quote that I was, quote, really distressed. And she says, there is a mock kindness in this that sickens me. Has she deceived herself? Perhaps she understood not her own motives. Nay, might start to hear that they were the mere paltry selfishness of coward fear and shame that prouder circumstances did not attend me. Fear lest such unschooled nature should betray us. Had I driven up in my own chaise and four, I might have stepped with impunity, heedless of the world's opinion or the postboy's wonder. But she is worldly, therefore she is selfish. She had a feeling she could not describe. She is worldly. It is the generic character, quote, of us poor humans. Oh, visit it not too harshly. Excuse and pity and forgive. And so she goes on for a little while after that about some other stuff she was doing during the day. But this is her venting, you know, about M and just not not over it. And it not just being a matter of, oh, it was a temper, which I would just say something you can get over, something lighthearted, matter of the heart. That's a character thing. That's a right. world ethic or um, worldview ethics mm-hmm. type of thing. Towards the end of this entry, there's a bit mention of her financial situation where she writes almost all the way this morning and yesterday and perpetually besides talking of my uncle's being bothered, not able to save much, how poor we are and always have been our ideas above our means. My aunt, nervous tears starting in her eyes, who that sees me could guess all this. Alas, who dreams that such pecuniary troubles thus beset me? How little even M defines the difficulties that beset me. Surely time will mend with me by and by. Well, when someone lovingly looks after you, they can get beats on when things are not all the way well. So when you realize that someone who you know you are over the moon about cannot pick up on or will not appropriately respond or react towards when you're not all the way well, then you're like, well, you're going to question whether or not this is love that you're feeling because they're not acting right. Is this love? (laughs) No, but really it's they're not acting right. It's just it's it's bad news bears because I don't know that M actually like sees Anne to like alleviate anything to do with her. I think M sees Anne to alleviate her own life, to alleviate the bullshit with Charles and his wrinkly dick and whatever is going over in that mansion when she's not having fun. And so I don't know that she's open to the like the receptors are open to be like, Anne, do you need something for me? Anne, do you need comfort? And do you need reassurance? She's like, excuse me, I I need comfort. I Need reassurance? God, you don't even know what it's like at Lawson Hall. And you know what it's like? Jumping on a wrinkly knob. And I would say that's true. That's true. That would bring a darkness to my life that I couldn't quite predict or ever really get over. But you see now, but you see what I'd be saying about Mariana over the years, that she just, she cares, but within her limits that finally Anne seems to be realizing. On Monday the 25th, there's just a quick sentence where she's like, still upset, and she writes, M has not the way, I see, to lull me into sweet forgetfulness. Should we be happy together? I dare not doubt it. 
Can I believe it? So she's like, I, can we? Can we, though? I am afraid. Like, I don't even want to think about what that is, what that future is that doesn't have you in it. But at the same time, do I even believe in this anymore? Is it even possible? And certainly, I don't think whatever she thought was possible at 23 is what she thinks is possible now. Because it's already been broken. The seal's right, been broken. The right. magic has been shown the tricks the sleight of hand up the sleeve you now know what the magician is doing and it's not the same this makes you think of oh man i don't even want to really bring that's gross though uh a husband uh caught his wife uh cleaning the toilet with his toothbrush whoa that's gross what ended up being confessed was that she does little things like that every time he frustrates her but and- does she kiss him still <laughs> but does she kiss her husband because she's playing her damn self uh, well yeah. yeah okay well see this yeah. is what this is why education in the schools <laughs> is why we need to we need to advocate for this because i'm i, I feel like the comprehension on that plan was low like she didn't think Super it through low. 17 steps like how you gonna how you gonna give the the cholera or something <laughs> to the man you too will be sleeping next to and sharing items with all right so and then that's and so that starts the fear thought pattern if this is what i caught you doing and you were open about confessing to yeah and i've been doing things like this this whole time now you're thinking well what else has she been doing so this is Anne. this is Anne understanding that you know this is this wasn't cool and i still i still understand what just happened and it was terrible what if it's not unique what if she's been doing the sleight of hand and has been uh getting over on other slights that i should be even more mad about but i haven't focused on because the groveling is so great <laughs> the groveling is fantastical yes it's a lot it's a lot it's a lot of words and it's a lot of feelings Oh, intensity, intense feelings. On Thursday, we have a quick mention of Anne talking about her aunt and her aunt's perception of like Mariana and money and what's happening with Anne. Just found an interesting notation here. She wrote in code about her aunt. She seems as if she knew more about my complaint. Asked if she had spoken to accordingly, but she would not tell me. Fancy she may know of my linen being stained, but can't make it out. Girl, TMI, TMI for my eyes. Never spoke. Never spoke before in this way of my not being well to my uncle. Said it was now two years since I began. He did not seem strange to it and says he will give me five Napoleons, that is, sovereigns to go with. He said, good luck, girl. Oh, Lord. (laughs) My aunt thinks I must owe M a great deal. I fight off. How little my aunt guesses the truth and that I would not be obliged to M in money matters on any account if I could help it. Which, thank God, I have done hitherto. So her aunt is out here saying, oh, is your boo um, loaning you a shilling or a Napoleon or two? And Anna's like, how dare you ask such a question? No, never, ever, never, <laughs> no, ever. How dare you? My uh, auntie, auntie, no. And given how it all went for our lovely baby gay Ann Walker, when she was trying to be on her shit and she was like, listen, you could, I'll still give you the money. And it turned so quickly for her in that fight where she had the upper hand and then she lost all of it. And Anne was walking out 
And Lister does not want your pity money. She definitely, definitely does not. This intro is too much on the 27th of August. During dinner, told my aunt about my complaint, that I thought it venereal. She guessed I had got it at the Duffins. Then at Croft. This I, de- <laughs> <laughs> this I denied, but did not say how or where I'd got it, though I said I knew very well. My aunt took it all quite well. Luckily, thinks the complaint very easily taken care of by going to the necessary, drinking out of the same glass, etc. And so here's <laughs> Aunt Anne is like, did like, y'all use the same necessary? Did you get it from the Duff? The Duff No, I'm imagining dinner the at the table. And it's like, oh, no. You know how she goes, oh, whoa. Oh, she's oh, like, a complaint. A complaint. Oh, oh, my aunt, God. It's just, you know, it's fine. It's, did, Lord. You, did, did it come from the... <laughs> What what's talking about? I can see the actress about her complaint. Oh no! (laughs) And I can see the actress doing her cute little tremble of like the necessary (laughs) at the dolphins. The dolphins. (laughs) Oh my god! I'll make sure the servants use extra. Well, they don't have starch. (laughs) (laughs) Snarky, uh, Marion. Make sure to service use extra starch on your linens. Always lively conversation <laughs> at the listers. Oh my God, I just thought of the worst, but also most relevant of stories. It's from my first year Burning Man. Oh. <laughs> yeah, well. There were involves... complaints at Burning Man? <laughs> uh, unfortunately, there are probably complaints every year at Burning Man, given Ooh. what can go down in the desert. But this was, this has to do with porta pies. This has to do with porta pies. This has to do with modern complaints that are portable, aka porta potties. So, like, you know, your first year is when you just sort of like figure out what not to do and what's not going to work going forward in this type of situation. And this was me with the porta potties because I thought I had a handle on what could happen with porta potties given all my rave experience. But what I didn't account for, can you imagine what I didn't account for? What I didn't account for was the desert. Was the fact that the humans that are employed to keep the porta potty in some sort of non-black plague situation. Oh no. No, no, no. You know no, what I'm saying? No. They I would learn they came in the morning time. They, they would come in the morning time. Cause you know what else I would see? Which it makes sense when you're down there, but so the trucks that would come to like replenish the porta potties and like fresh out the water or whatever does they do with the tanks and shit, when they were driving through the desert, they would splash water out the back. And so you would get used to seeing people, because it was hot as fuck, chasing the truck that was there to deal with the porta potties and replenish water and shit because water was just coming out the back and it's hot, you wanna bathe. So, right. So if you're partying that night, which of course you're partying every night potentially, because that's kind of half the reason you're there, once you get past the point, I would say 3 to 4 a.m. tops. You have hit that place that even when you're at a party that's in the civilization, you know, you get to 4 a.m. You've probably been into a bathroom at 4 a.m. Even if it's in the club, you're like, what's that liquid? What's that over there? Oh, no. Is it safe? (laughs) Is it toxic? Right. Right. So, so. I was at an event, a party in the middle of the desert, and it was all the way smack dab in the center, which meant the porta potties that you could get to quickest were going to be the most out there porta potties. So potentially you're like, maybe I get lucky. Maybe I get to a porta potty that hasn't seen much action, or maybe I get to a string of porta potties that's seen too much action because of where they are. And it's like the only one for what feels like miles. 
So um, I went inside a support potty and my own bad was that I was wearing a costume that was way too high maintenance, which I also figured out, don't do that, Candace, don't do that. When you're trying to go out and have fun, don't have high maintenance costumes that have like 37 safety pins. It's not what you do when you're trying to use the porta potty to rush. And so it was just sort of like I was doing um, surgery and uh, gymnastics. And balancing with my light and also trying not to touch anything, but also trying to use the thing. And I guess the long story is I eventually would come to pee in a pot in situations like this. Because it's like, because I couldn't, like the trauma, because the thing was, it was dark and you got to have a headlight because you got to be able to see, oh, you know, because right. you are your lights. Yeah. And so when I opened the door, I was like, that smell isn't fun, but <laughs> support a potty. I turned the light on. I turned the light on, Terrence. And, uh, do you remember that scene from Daddy Daycare when he goes in there? Nope, right. Nope. And he's like, why is it on the ceiling? Right. How did you, young child, get your things up there? Yeah, so that was me. I was like, did someone tip this over to tip it back right? What happened? And um, so I don't know why, but this is what came to me when I think of Ann Lister trying to convince a doctor that she got her complaint from the necessary. I think about how back then in my first year at Burning Man that I was convinced that I got all kinds of things just from being in the same right. oh, no. three by three box of horror. Anyway, sorry guys. The lesson here being if you go out to the desert for any purpose or event, um, beware the porta potty or if you're a lady, bring a funnel, bring something which you could create distance between you and the thing because I think there are the issues that people hover but like the drunker you get, the hover positioning becomes inaccurate. Oh. Hence the, yep, yep. Okay. Yeah. I'm done. Uh. Moving on. I know. I'm moving on. It's over. It's done. That's kind of like where, you know, if you have a relationship going on a Burning Man, it will either be destroyed, completely and totally destroyed. You're breaking up or, or it'll be one of the most intensely intimate partnerships you'll ever experience. One of the two. That's, that's, uh, you yeah, never that's, know where you're going to fall. You never know where you're no, going to fall. Sure, sure. <laughs> you don't know until it's happening. On the 29th, which is the day after the previous entry, Anne has a bit of another sullen entry about Mariana, of course, where it sounds like she just got caught up on the shit once again, which just seems to be happening literally every day since this initially occurred. She writes, a host of reflections crowded on me. I felt the tears starting and my heart grow sick. Quote, how foolish, said I, then sank into the thought that my knowing her had perhaps been the ruin of my health and happiness. She has not the heart to suit me. Perhaps I should not be happy with her. Yet almost I feel I should not be so without. I had almost said, quote, oh, that I had not a heart, end quote. But God be merciful to me, a sinner, and enable me to fix it where alone true joys are to be found. How very little M guesses what passes within me. I do not blame her. Heaven has not given her that sweet sensibility of the soul after which my spirit panteth like the heart after the water brook, than which nothing less can satisfy a romantic, enthusiastic mind like mine. To M, if I showed myself more openly, I should be an enigma she could not understand. We have not much fellowship in feeling, yet am I attached to her. Alas, I see, more and more plainly, too deeply for my own happiness, were I to tell her the effect of this three steps business. She could not comprehend it. She would think it perhaps unforgiveness of temper rather than that wound at heart which festers unseen. It has taught me, though, she loves me. It is without that beautiful romance of sentiment that my soul desires. But mine are not affections to be returned in this world. Oh, that I could turn them with virtuous enthusiasm to that being who gave them. Oh, Mary, you have enticed me with a glimpse of happiness, and my heart has pursued the ignis fatus which means the wisp or the pursuit of the unattainable ideal in Latin. 
to retreat is impossible or vain, but no more. Woo! That is a lot. It's a lot. lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. Mm. Uh, um, No Mm. one should ever stay in feeling. Wait, wait, wait. No one should ever be content with the understanding that their feelings are just never be returned because they always find themselves in impossible situations like that's not a re- that's not a result she's like excusing and she's also excusing mariana's weaknesses here or her or shortcomings her callousness where she's like well it's not your fault <laughs> this is how you are you can't even see how i'm suffering right now which i suppose i mean i think it's true and false at the same time i think mariana's ridiculously obtuse to a lot of things and then i also think she's willfully obtuse because that's easier just that that statement, ignis fatis, the pursuit of the unattainable ideal. I feel like at least half of queers are guilty of being in a relationship. At some point, you're pursuing the unattainable ideal. <laughs> like whatever that is, maybe it's wrapped up in the person or the situation or both. But that is that has definitely happened to me. Where you know, reality of life is not matching with reality of brain, and this idea that Anne says of being romantic of is this also like idealism is this optimism that she's referring to people who are like this who are just like I can think of all these good things all these possibilities this is what we're going to do versus other people who are perhaps more cynical more grounded in their approach to life and less magical less romantic to use Anne's words about what life is supposed to give you what you're supposed to get out of it how you're supposed to enjoy it I just Again, I just want for better. I want for better. Like, this is like when you want to be mad at somebody, but you already understand why they are the way they are. So you don't take your frustration out on them because that's just how they're coded or they're wired. That's like saying, oh, you're trash, but you were raised to be trash. So it's not really your fault that you're trash. So I'm not going to yell at you, even though you just completely disrespected me and my feelings. And <laughs> like, I so sad. Yeah. I, I mean, she basically says that she's not being her herself completely with Mariana and that she believes that if she was, that it would just be a shit show. I think that's extremely tragic. So, right. So put yourself in a position where you are with someone you are, and some slither of your heart and head are calling your partner and you are not being yourself with them. If you feel like you don't have the space, the room to spread your wings, to be yourself. Maybe, maybe take a look at that. Maybe take a look at the relationship and examine why you're in it, what you're getting out of it actually. If this is also a component of, well, I can't fully be me. And that was a a friend recently who was talking about his breakup. And part of the thing, you know, was that he's a big nerd, comics and things of that nature. And it seemed like he was shamed often for that desire of stuff. So, of course, people who are nerds or geeks or whatever like to go to conventions, buy things, go see things, indulge your fandom and whatever it is and have fun. And so from the way he phrased it, it was just sort of like there was always a negative thing or, oh, God, or are we going to one of your events? And, you know, couples don't always have to be perfectly aligned on what their interests are, but indulging your partner in a event or two seems like it's okay maybe like compromise a little bit right right? like it's a little bit of compromise and so i think that's part of it that 
while he was in the situationship, of course, you're not going to say, yeah, I want to leave this person. Yeah, here are all the problems because you're probably not trying to focus on whatever the problems are. You're trying to focus on the good and how to fix it. But if you if you separate from a thing and then you start to look at it independently, you realize that that actually is really bad. That you shrinking yourself, you quieting down some aspect of yourself because that person finds it too weird or too quirky or too nerdy or too whatever. Jaunty. That's I think that's one of the worst things personally. What about you? I just, I don't have too many people that I play close uh, to the chest in that form or that way. But those that do make it somewhere in my purview who have no desire to be into whatever it is that I am into that cannot muster the space to even entertain one event a year. Damn. Um then that means that 60% of my passion's rhetoric and conversation is going to go, what, fly over their head, which means I'm not having passion conversation with them about anything that I'm deeply interested in. Uh, I don't see why I would then be in the situation where I'm calling them a partner because I have passions that you do not get or comprehend. That's like being political and somehow making it work with someone who's not political what i don't know how that works right (laughs) i'm sorry i do not know how that works that seemed to be something that happened with like certain levels of trump supporters in this country where people were like oh i'm married to a husband that's a trump supporter and i'm like so you're married to a husband that supports misogyny how does that work heads explain it to me matter of fact don't i don't want to know i just think it's weird it's very weird. It's just a little strange. Politics seems like it should be polarizing in that if it's not polarizing for people, then you must be in a very privileged class of existence right. like, for does, politics not to polarize your relationships. How does, a, uh, how does a decree pass and then it doesn't affect your life? Like, it's hard. 